Hi, and welcome to Live the Sage Life podcast with your host, me, Lisa Van Hera. And I'm very excited to welcome on today Dr. Jason Azuna onto this podcast as our special guest. He's going to be talking all about happiness and how we can see this in a different way and what it really means to be happy. So let's get started. Well, I am so excited to have on my podcast today, um, Jason Azuna. Welcome to the show. And just a little quick introduction to get started here. I'm super excited to have you on as a guest today because um, I should say Dr. Jason Azuna has been my coach and healer for, it's been over two years, over two years. I met uh, you in 2021. And it's just such an honor to have you here today because not only have you completely transformed the way I look at life and my family and relationships and all these things have been so impacted, but it's super special to me that we get to hop on here and do this and get to share some of these insights that you've shared with me out to everyone, out to people that um, we have following this podcast. So I'm just so grateful you're here today. Thank you for joining us. Yes, I'm glad to be here. It's a very uh, special treat for me as well. Oh, thank you. Um, And I probably didn't get the whole introduction in there because uh, why don't why don't I let you do a little bit of that? Just like a brief overview background of what you brought you to where you are now and everything that you do. Well, uh, I've before before I got into anything, you know, I've I've been through many uh, paths in my life, so to speak. You know, I was in the army. Uh, went to engineering, became a civil engineer, and um, then I got into chiropractic and then energy chiropractic and then coaching. And um, every one of them was on the way and led and, and contributed certain insights to where I am today, right? So it's like I have the best of both worlds, you know, intuition and energy uh, perspective as well as logic. Right. And so, um, I started off in, in those areas and it's led me to here and, um, and it just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And so, um, I'm a doctor of chiropractic and also, um, I, I mostly coach now we, my wife and I do seminars across the country and uh, healing retreats, many of which you've been to, and, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's, it's indescribable. You just have to get to one to really know what they're like, but it's, it's the most life-changing weekend that we um, have been able to create for people. Thank you, Jason. And yeah, I mean, life-changing is such the, the statement. It completely radically changed my life when the first one that I came to, that was in March, I think of 2021. Yeah. And um, I was just blown away. It wasn't like anything I'd ever been to and um, really a special environment you guys create um, for everyone to come and like really connect, discover yourself, your soul and all those things. And we can touch on that a little bit later in the episode, but why I really am excited to share with um, everyone today is just, we're going to talk a little bit about happiness. That is like such the word of like happiness. What does it mean? How do I get there? You know, there's that movie of the pursuit of happiness, but how I would love to hear from you is like how that has so changed for you over the years, but also how you explain that to people now of like, what is happiness and how do we find it? 
because that's something we're all after, right? But it's um, not, at least for me, working with you guys was discovering that it's not what I thought it was. Absolutely. And it wasn't what I thought it was either when I first started out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I always believe that it's it's always important to understand what what happiness and what the definitions are of the words that we're using, right? Mm-hmm. So there's many different, and there's many different interpretations of, of each word. There's many different definitions of each word, and there's many different perspectives and perceptions of each word and, and, and viewpoints from the person using the word, right? So happiness, when you say happiness to somebody else, it might mean something different to, to the very next person that uses the word. And so sometimes when we're communicating, we can both be talking about the same thing, but be not talking about the same thing at the same time. So just to clear up what I, my view on happiness, what I believe it is, is joy, right? Love, fulfillment, uh, all these things are synonymous with happiness. You know, there's another way of happiness that people look at, and this is, this is the part that actually keeps us from happiness, which is getting our way. Mm-hmm. And getting our way is the main thing that we want to look for as not the path to, to happiness, right? It's God's way. It's the higher your higher soul's way, whatever you believe God to be, like that's what true fulfillment, joy, and you know, if we want to lump happiness in there, uh, we can call it that too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, what I've what I've what I really realized for people, and including myself, happiness was was basically if I, you know, if I put my goals down and I get all my goals in the way that I want to get them, then that means I can be happy, much like a, a child. You know, they want a toy, they get their toy, and now they're happy. Right. But they're only happy as long as they... They're getting their way. They're getting their way, getting their toy. You take their toy away from them, and then the happiness goes away. Right. right? So the happiness, if you want to call it that, it really isn't true fulfillment, because when we think of happiness, we want to think of something that can't ever be taken away from us. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, in other words, peace, bliss, joy. In other words, how can I feel... Uh, peace in my soul, bliss, nirvana, all those, all those words that we've used to describe enlightenment to uh, at all times, no matter whether there are storms coming in, no matter whether there's a recession or the housing market's crashing or the whatever, or the bank account is going down or up, it doesn't matter, right? It's like our fulfillment remains. Right. And to me, that is peace. That is mm-hmm. joy. That is love. That is pure happiness. Right. And like I said, if we want to use that for that definition. And so if we understand the difference, then we we can be after true fulfillment, true happiness, true joy, rather than, you know, a temporary fix, a fix, you know, otherwise known as an addiction. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we're only happy while we're in the addiction. And a lot of us have all these addictions. uh, You know, in, in some ways, I say we we make these things in our life our true gods. Right. Instead of looking to God for fulfillment, we look to money. Money is the thing that keeps me safe or relationship. Relationship keeps me safe or whatever it may be. Right. So right. those are the things that that we want to know and really get clear on is because we can't get to where we want to go if we don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. So in order to attain this happiness, we have to know what it actually is, how to actually get it, where to put our energy to get it and where not to you know spend our energy, spin our wheels in the attainment of trying to get something that's only really a temporary fix because we're afraid of facing ourselves and discovering the true uh, consciousness of what our reality truly is and what our soul really is. Right. Cause all these things scare us. Go ahead. 
Yeah, that's really clearly put. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I always loved um, uh, coaching with you too, was like, it it was just a way of putting it that like, I hadn't heard quite that way before. And so what I'm hearing too in there, and what I discovered and learned as we've spent time together was like, I had personally for me, I had so much of my, my value and worth in the doing. And I was just constantly like doing, 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 whether that was working out, um, even cleaning the house or making goals, setting goals, achieving goals. Like it was just such a constant, um, effort and energy spent there that it was also such a distraction from what I was really longing for, what you said fulfillment earlier. And for me, it was like, I felt like empty. I felt like a void in me. I felt like un, unwhole. Mm-hmm. And, and that was like a part of me was longing so much to reconnect with that and feel fulfillment, feel whole again, rather mm-hmm. than this like empty void is just what I always used to describe it personally was um, eating away at me there for so long. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the doing part is kind of what gets in the way of the being part, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if you go into like, what is true happiness or what is true fulfillment, what is true joy, then it comes to like, well, being myself is, mm-hmm. and what myself is, is this powerful, infinite soul that's connected to God and in all things. And so when we're in that place, then we trust God, we're in the flow of God, we're in the flow of our path, we're trusting our path. We're not looking for something to fill it. And so if we are not in that energy, then we'll look for things to put into that energy. Right. And that's where the doing, like there's doing from the place of this is what I am. Right. Also known as being, but again, with the definitions, it's the same thing, right? Being it's like, well, being myself, I'm on this call mm-hmm. or I can, if I'm not being myself, I could, somebody could force themselves to do a call. Right. Right. And it's like to be worthy, then I need to do this call or I can do this call because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So finding, you know, a, another point, if people are taking notes, another uh, bullet point of happiness is being yourself and not doing what you think you should or what other people think you should be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And just being content with like, this is what I am. This is I'm this amazing, loving energy of light. And all I want to do is express that light. And I want to give that light and I want to receive that light from others because others are us too. So why wouldn't we be in the flow and relationship with other other beings? And that, and then, and we just keep on amplifying both. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's easy to get lost. And because as soon as we disconnect from it, and we all know how easy it is to get disconnected from our spirit and from God. And then we get into our, we get really wrapped up in the illusions of like, oh, the money's going down or the housing market's going down or the recession's hitting or, or what, what have you. Relationship. Yeah, relationships are, uh, you know, my all my safety resides in the relationship. And it's really like you're, we're all so much more than that. And But when we forget we're more than that we, and we think it's these things are that which I am, then we're afraid to lose those things. And that's when we start to do these things. Out of mm-hmm. obligation, out of should, out of like, if I don't do these things, I'm not going to be safe. That's what workaholics go through. Right. Mm-hmm. They can't stop because work equals safety. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've helped me remember that. And I think that's that's a, a key word too. You said, you know, we forget um who we are. And that's 
what it was over and over again of remembering over and over again of who I really am, not who I am of just the the mom or the the workaholic, because I definitely um, could be labeled as that if you want to use the label. And then it was, if I wasn't doing that, then who am I? What am I? Um, it didn't make sense. So with that, um, so how, how does one go about in the short amount of time we have, how does one go about like kind of reconnecting with remembering who they are, reconnecting with some of this like idea or perspective, um, the association of happiness, like we, like you said, we have such associations personally with the different words of happiness. Um, uh, discipline would be another one, right? Of our own experiences. We have our own version of what that word means, but kind of like, what would it look like to start kind of realigning with remembering who you are and remembering what you can do on a daily basis to bring in happiness, more fulfillment into your life? Well, that's, you know, that's a, a loaded question, right? Like that's the, that question right there is kind of like why we're on this earth to like really understand life and how to re- remember who you are, how do you do all this stuff. But, you know, it's, this is a journey, right? So just like there's certain steps, it's like we can really make great strides in the step at this hour that we have. So I'll give you guys as much as we can. Usually we spend like a whole weekend on this and, and then another one and another one. And so and it's repetition and then, for sure, like hearing it over and over again. That's right. That's right. We have to hear it. So that's that's one thing is that you want to know that it's it's a process that the brain needs to hear things over and over again. The the way the neurology works in the brain is that it has to hear things one time. And then when it hears it again, all the neuroplasticity, all the brain cells in our brain start to get it again. So like for all those people in there that, that go to their spouse or their children, it's like, hey, I already told you once. Why? Why are you doing this? Again, after I just told you, it's like, you know, if the if the kid or the spouse was like, well, it's because my neuroplasticity hasn't uh, gotten strong enough yet, right? Just keep telling me and it'll keep on getting bigger. That would and be so, fantastic. <laughs> so we we need to hear things more than once, right? And we need to we need to practice them more than once is another thing that you guys want to say. So everything that we're saying here on this call, we want to make sure you want to make sure that you practice that. Now there's many different paths to this and I'm not sure it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So we're just going to start somewhere, right? As long as you start, that's, it'll get you to the same place. Like you can either love others and that'll help you love yourself or you can love yourself and that'll help you love others mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're both synonymous, right? You're both one anyway. So one of the things we want to know is that what we're after is the, the freedom, right? How do we remember who we are is remember is detaching from what we think we are. In other words, if, if, if we're attached to money, if we think money gives us our safety, then when we think we're, well, I'm the money that I make, I'm the job that I have, identities, right? right. And so I'm all these things. So I got to do these things that I think that I am rather than be what I am, which is this powerful soul that w- wants to express itself, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can recognize where the illusions exist in our mind that are creating these attachments to these things and these identities for ourselves. And by the way, we put these identities on other people. We like, we try to figure out and understand this world. Mm -hmm. Right. So as long as I got an identity, you got an identity, my job and everything, God, it all, it all makes sense in my world. Right. But then again, 
I've been I've made a world for myself that I've imprisoned myself in because my safety resides in all the things that I think. Right. right? So right. now we want to start a process of detaching from those things that are not us, shedding everything that we're not. And that's one of the things we say in in our um, uh, soul liberation uh, retreats is that the only thing you stand to lose is everything you're not. So, and, and then so what you are, huh? Can you say that again? The, the only thing you stand to lose is everything you're not. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, because then what you are truly starts to emerge. We have all these layers and layers and layers covering up our true essence of our soul. Mm-hmm. So our safety comes from the empowerment of that. But so much of us have been conditioned to think it's like, well, if you're a people pleaser or if people please you, um, and some people will think, you know, um, we'll, we'll put in like, well, I've been challenged too much and abused, so I must be nothing. And they'll give into that. And then they'll, they'll become that which challenged them and they'll become the aggressor. Or people can say, you know, well, I haven't really had that hard of a life, but for some reason, I still notice I have trouble with life. Well, that right. might, that might mean that you didn't have enough challenge. Right. Because another piece to uh, path to peace and happiness is realizing the way this universe is made up is an equal amount of both. And so many of us are thinking that it's just we're just supposed to, to truly be happy. We're just supposed to have one thing, which is only happiness. In other words, one thing, which is only support. Right. And so some of us had parents that were challenged too much. So they're like, I got to give my kids, you know, various people out there right more support than challenge i don't want them to ever feel pain right and therefore they always get their way they don't feel pain if they start to cry they're like oh they don't cry and then they they make it better for them so then when they get in the real world they're still kids they haven't actually grown up because the thing that causes us to grow is challenge supported mm-hmm. challenge right challenge with support so they didn't get the teachings. They didn't get the discipline. Discipline, so many people think, because it's been done in so many different ways, which is like, oh, you're bad. You're wrong. You're this. You're grounded, right? right? Like, that's not truly discipline. Discipline is like teaching someone and right. then practicing that teaching because you know it, it also comes with it, the consciousness of this is better for me than what I think is the instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Right. So this, again, going through this detachment of like, can I see where I've been raised to think that these things are safe rather than to actually be in the full empowerment of my soul? So once we recognize these attachments, then we can say, like, my true happiness comes in being free of them. So, for example, if somebody wants money, they're like, well, I want this money. This money, you know, will. I remember when I was when I was a little kid, my parents said we always didn't have it. We were always struggling. We were always unhappy. Right. And then we'll, our brains, another thing to put in people's notes, is our brains are association machines. So the thing that the brain does is like it associates not having money with unhappiness. Therefore, mm-hmm. it says so it's like the opposite must be true. More money, more happiness. Right. And that'll become an obsession. It's just one example, because remember, we do this with looks, we do this with friends, we do this with relationships, all the stuff that we think we need, all the stuff that we put our identity in. Right. right. So once Money's we break that, go ahead. Money such a great example. I mean, all yeah. of it is, but I think everybody can resonate with money of like... Yeah, that's what I equate happiness to is if I have more money, then I'm going to be more happy. And I mean, I can personally say that I've had both sides of that where I've had money, I've not had money. 
And really the happiness didn't change, you know, because at that time I didn't know what I know now, but it was, um, I wasn't enough. I was making mistakes when I didn't have the money. And that's how I viewed it is that I was wrong. I was really wrong. And there was a lot of shame and guilt around that. Yes. And, you know, when we think about happiness, it's a, if, if you look at it, like it's a, it's a freeing yourself of the prison that any one of these things could ever make us happy in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what happiness is. So in other words, the reason it's such a paradoxical thing or an elusive thing to us sometimes is because it's it's a whole different dimension where we exist, where this joy exists, where this loving state exists. And every level of state that you guys get into is a higher dimension will be higher dimensional version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So the more your consciousness goes up, the higher dimensions you actually access, the more you can hear, the more you can see. Right, mm-hmm. that people see, they see, see angels, right? Huh? Like and feel, right? Yeah, and feel. Yes, you're you're hypersensitive. Some people have this naturally at the lower vibrations. Some will have the the sense sensitivity, but they don't have the consciousness to understand it all. So it'll be very uh, tumultuous, overwhelming. Yeah, 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 overwhelming. So the more we know that, like, my consciousness is the vibration. And I'm trying to get out of the dimensionality, the lower conscious dimensions, that this could ever equal that. So it's like getting out of the rat race, but truly getting out of the rat race. You know, people say you can get out of the rat race by earning more money and being financially free. True financial freedom is actually the letting go that finances could ever give you freedom. (laughs) Can you say that? That's so good. Yeah. So if you if you realize my freedom comes in my release of the finances, my the attachment of it. And remember, I'm not saying my release, like uh, give up your finances. I'm talking about you release your attachment, your happiness based on the finances, your fear of not having them. Belief in it. Yes, your belief in it, that that is your source of safety. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I gave people an example in my call that. Uh, one of the paths to enlightenment is literally giving up everything that you have. If everybody says like, you know, if, if we all just thought right now, who would be very unhappy if they lost all their money? Mm-hmm. Everybody would raise their hand, you know, and right. it's like, well, why? It's like, well, I have no money. I'd have no life. And, and, and I wouldn't be able to do the things I want. And, and my life would be over. And it's like, some people wouldn't know it, but they feel like my, my worth, like mm-hmm. the money is my worth. So that would make me worthless with, and I would have less love and I would die. It would feel like I'm dying. Right. It's like, well, you know, if we remember to like, you know, these spiritual gurus, Bible, you know, other religious teachings, you know, one of the paths to enlightenment is releasing all your material possessions, giving them all up. Mm-hmm. So this this very thing that we have this illusion of like, well, not having money is the worst thing in the world. It's like in many cases has been proven throughout the years, thousands of years that has been the path to enlightenment, yes. which is also described as the best thing in the world. Right. right. So and I'm not saying that we all need to do that. I'm just saying that whether you do that or whether you have a billion dollars, you're still fine either way. It has no correlation. You know, correlation to what you actually are or the happiness that we can experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what if I'm homeless? It's like, well, then you still have the opportunity to be an enlightened soul. Mm-hmm. And an enlightened soul is the most powerful soul on earth because it is an awakened soul to its true power. Because mm-hmm. that's the actually thing that is the fulfillment for us. That's the thing that is our true worth. You know, if you want to go your net worth, go to your soul worth. 
right? It's like, that's your true net worth is how conscious are you? How much have you expanded? And then it's like, will you get more money? It's like, well, if, if you're just in your soul and you're giving your gifts to the world, well, money is a natural side effect of that. You know, so yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be magnetized because you're gonna be giving out large amounts of energy and you're gonna be receiving large amounts of energy. But the energy that you receive in the forms of money and all these material objects, you're you're gonna see like, well, that's that's nice, but it's not gonna matter when we reach the higher levels. It won't matter either way. Right. We'll be grateful for it the same way we're grateful for everything. Right. Right. Grateful for the meal. Grateful for the water and stuff. So you can be grateful for the the big house or the car or whatever that you right. do want. It's just it's you're realizing more as you're growing through that that it's 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 not going to change anything of how you feel yeah. in here. That's right. The true growth of your heart, the true growth of your soul, is the thing that changes, right? And the way that grows is through the release of our fears that these things and the illusions that these things make us happy or sad. Mm-hmm. It can make life easier if you have more energy, more resources, more stuff. Sure. And again, when you have more energy, we're thinking that like the money is um, something that's the cause of our happiness rather than the side effect of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can you can be money driven. You can you know, you see so many people out there that have a lot of money and they're the most miserable people in the world. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Billionaires that actually kill themselves. You know, mm-hmm. because they actually, because that's one proof right there that it never mattered to begin with. So you have people that have that have no possessions that are enlightened, and you have people that have all the possessions that that are suicidal and that actually take action on it. And they, yeah, they still have their their challenges. So that that just that example doesn't mean do one or the other. It just means that our belief that one or the other has anything to do with our happiness is incorrect. Now. It's like, well, then why do I feel good when I have it? It's like, well, because we're still in the consciousness of getting our way equals happiness. Mm-hmm. But if, if we really ask ourselves, the moment we put our judgment in a good thing, then we also have a simultaneous stress of the bad thing happening. Anybody ever feel like, oh, I feel good now, but I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> right? Everybody says that, right? Sure. And it's because... <laughs> What's that? I said, I'm sure everybody can resonate with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's the reason they say that and everybody resonates with it is because I feel good now because I'm getting my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for the moment where I don't get my way. Right. So they're, they're, if they really, if you really look at them and you really say, and you really hear them and you're watching them and they say, I feel good now, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do they really feel good? And the answer is no. What they're really saying is, I feel good now, but I'm stressed. And if you just focus on the stress, then do they really feel good? It's like, well, I'm stressed. So a lot of us are actually having what I call false happiness. Mm -hmm. This is where you think you're happy, but you're really stressed. It looks like happiness on the surface, but like, in other words, like, hey, yeah, the, the job's going good. The wife is good the, or the husband's good or the, the kids are good. In the back of their mind, they're like, I, I hope it stays this way. Mm-hmm. What if it doesn't? And that's why, you know, when, you know, talk of recessions come around, it's like, so then like now is like, is the shoe dropping? But true uh-huh. happiness doesn't care about the shoe. <laughs> right? True happiness, true joy, true enlightenment, true connection to God doesn't care what's going on around them. 
And because it does, in other words, and, and, and know what I mean by not caring. Not caring means uh, we're not afraid. We're not putting our safety in that. What they care about is the empowerment of their soul, their connection to God, and letting the energy of the entire universe flow through them. Mm-hmm. When they do that, it won't matter what storms out there. It won't matter what recessions out there or crash or whatever. It like you will always be the vibrant soul that is the source of true joy in this world and peace, peace in here first and then peace out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the path. I mean, one of the paths. Well, that, you had so many great um, little phrases in there, and I'm definitely not going to remember them all, but one of them I really, I know I've heard it, but. It's just still so amazing. It's focusing on um, not just your net worth, but your soul worth. Yeah. And that's so such a shift in perspective of, right, it's not all about the finances or not all about just the the relationship or the the girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever. It's about what is going on within me? What am I connecting with? What am I, it, you said judgments and like removing blocks and all that stuff. But it's also like I w- was realizing like just how much we idolize the billion dollar business owner or the person that seemingly has this perfect um, relationship or marriage or whatever it is. And it's it's a judgment, but it's kind of like this idolizing of putting them up on a higher pedestal that they're better than me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to mention that you shared with me last week which was so good. You said you didn't, you don't have to make anyone wrong to get the lesson. You don't have to make anybody wrong to get the lesson. So, and going through some of that, of what you were sharing, it's, it's like, we, we want this happiness and you're giving us so much great insight to that. And it's also realizing how much we've made ourselves wrong or bad or whatever in our growth through all of that and our, like you said, a rising of consciousness through all of that. What would you add to that? I would say before, even before we get into the wrong thing, just a real quick thing about the material versus uh, the soul. If you mm-hmm. guys really want to like, you could, there's, there's a, a, a simple test you can do, right? If you want to know, like, am I really putting it to my true soul worth or am I doing it to my material net worth? Mm-hmm. And like, again, not judging the material net worth. Like I'm a, very big believer of all the abundance. And, and the reason we're saying to detach from these things is because we want to have first the fulfillment of our soul, because that's the most important thing. And then the expression of this life and living this life to its fullest and receiving the full measure of its abundance, which is limitless. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we really, so the attachment to something and the stress over something is actually something that pushes it away more than allows you to receive it is a disconnection from the world and the, all the energy of the world. So to get into the flow of your soul is to get into an empowerment and to get to open the doors into abundance that we can't even dream of Mm -hmm. or comprehend yet. So the way we know that is we ask ourselves, can I take this with me when I die? Right? So it's like the fancy car, the fancy house, the money, the, all that stuff. Is any of that stuff going with me? That's, that's, you know, is this material net worth actually? Because we are infinite souls, infinity. Right. So the time frame is not just a hundred years of, or 80 years, which I believe is the average lifespan. It's, you know, it's infinity. So it's like, so then I want to build my net worth over infinity. And the only thing that goes with you in this path of infinity that is eternal is what? Your soul. Our soul. Yeah. Our soul. 
So then it's like every time I build my soul, that goes with me. Mm-hmm. That's taken with me. And when you get in your, your soul and when you get connected to God, that connection continues to grow. And that also goes with us, right? That doesn't get taken away ever. Just like true happiness can never be taken away from you. True happiness. No, yeah. Also. No shoe will drop because you're out of the rat race. You're out of that dimension of a shoe even dropping, mm-hmm. right? And so now you're in bliss. You're in peace. You're in joy. And you can call that happy. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not happy because you're getting your way. You're not happy because a judgment that you've made good has stressed you out because, well, what if the bad judgment, the opposite side of what I'm judging good happens? What if my wife disrespects me the next day? I'm, I'm happy as long as she's doing what I say. Right. But what if she doesn't do what I say? Or, or, or even if you're not worried about it, when they don't do what you say, you will fight. And then that will be a source of stress, right? And so how many fights do we have will be based off of the illusions that we're attached to, mm-hmm. right? So many fights happen because both sides are attached to a certain way of believing of safety that they might be losing. Yeah. And so we don't want to, we don't want to give up our side. And so then we do this instead of this we separation instead of unity. And so that's such a perfect transition into your next question, which is the wrong and right, because during the fights, we make our perspective that we're attached to the right one, and we make their perspective that they're attached to the wrong one, right? And we're not only doing that out here, we're also doing that in here, like blaming ourselves, low self-esteem, negative self-talk, I can't do it, doubts, all those things, when, again, what's trying to emerge is the true power of your soul. So we can't actually, to make something wrong And to make another perspective wrong is literally to say we don't have the right to exist. And so when we realize that, that explains why people get into this unhappiness drought so much that, you know, suicidal thoughts can come up is because they've forgotten how wonderful they are because they've based it in all these illusions unconsciously. And they're making themselves wrong and life wrong, other people wrong for the way they treat them, themselves wrong for the way they treat others, themselves wrong for the identity they put themselves on, because whatever identity that they think they are in their minds is the wrong one. Mm -hmm. Instead of the perfect one, the beautiful one, the gift to this world. Everyone out there that's listening to this call, hopefully you guys all know that you're the gift to this world, no matter what you are. And that doesn't mean just continue to sit on the couch or to mistreat people or to let people mistreat you. It means to not, to not make your experience. That's trying to teach you how to evolve those things. A wrong one. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to ride the bike and I want to get better at riding the bike, but I make falling wrong. So I'm never going to get on because I never want to fall. It's that, that that's what leads to greatness, right? It literally is. If you're, what I'm hearing is if you're kinder to yourself, and more compassionate to yourself, then you can turn around and see the world more that way, but also share that more with other people that way. Absolutely. And for people that are listening, you want to know that kindness to self and compassion is intelligence. Mm. Because in only it's only when we think that, you know, at a, at a lower vibration that somebody else could be wrong. In other words, like, Oh, you're wrong for feeling that way, or you're wrong for falling off the bike, or you're wrong for getting this, you know, wrong, like a math problem. You got this incorrect, so you're wrong for that. It's like, well, this is part of the learning process. This is part of the process of growth. Mm -hmm. And so a compassionate person has the intelligence 
to know it might start off as what I call niceness. In other words, they're forcing themselves to be nice to somebody, even though they don't right. really truly have the compassion underneath, but it, it will hopefully if they keep on working at it, it'll turn to true compassion, which is, I realize that I don't need to be nice to this person out of the kindness of my heart. I need to be nice to this person because they are a powerful soul that's going through a beautiful experience. And for whatever reason, they're having that right now, whether they're crying, whether they're messing up, whether, well, what, well, you know, whether the people call it a mess up, it's like they're doing their best. So let me encourage more of their best and encourage more of their heart to shine through and they'll evolve to the next level of whatever it is that they're doing. So if you see somebody mistreat somebody, instead of judging them, hold them in your heart. If you don't talk to them directly, if you get a chance to talk to them directly, as soon as you say, well, how could you do that? You can see that if anybody said that to us, we put up the shield. Mm-hmm. We start the defenses right. talk to like that, all that stuff. But if somebody said like, Hey, I, you know, great job. You know, I, I really understand what you guys were going through. And, um, you know, you kind of hurt that person's feelings mm-hmm. and I totally understand why I don't blame you. You know, uh, did you mean to do that or, or anything, any, anything where it's like coming from the soul, there's many ways to do it. I'm just giving an example to the, the best of my abilities. Right. Yeah. But there's so many different ways to like, to, to come from a non-blaming place. And we know what it feels like when somebody's doing it to us. We know what it feels like when somebody's like truly sincerely saying, Hey, I saw you do something. And that's totally okay. You know, when it, remember one of the things I told you guys is um, remember that the teacher that never made what you did wrong. It's like the best teacher in the world. It's like, man, they always oh, make me absolutely. feel good, right? It's like, I still messed up, but, and they never said, hey, keep messing up. They said, that's okay, let's try again. And they encourage you and they acknowledge the strength. Absolutely, right? that's such a and great so example. That's, that's what we want to be to each other and to ourselves. It's like, oh, you know, I, I treated this person wrong or I I really, um, maybe I, I didn't take care of my kids the way I wanted to. And we were like, hey, you're going, you're, you went through a lot of stuff and you're trying your best and you're growing more and more every day and you're doing a fantastic job. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, which, look how far you've come. Let's try again. Let's try again. And you keep on lifting yourself up because not because it's the nice thing to do, because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the reality. That's why I say compassion comes from intelligence or higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like you're trying to force yourself. It's that you, you truly see the light of the reality of love. You truly see the light of the reality of love. Yeah. And because yeah. of that, everyone that's listening, that's why to love another person is to see the face of God. Uh, like that quote, um, who said that again? That quote. I think it's from Les, Les Mis. It's, it's from Les Miserables, but um, I forgot. The I don't author. remember it's from that. It's from that. Um, thing. We'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's anytime we're in the state of love is connection oh. to God. Anytime we're um, loving another person, in other words, accepting them, having compassion for them, seeing the true light of their soul is to be able to see God within them. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that to yourselves and you see the true light of your soul, then you're seeing God within yourself. And that is a merging with God. Mm. Right. And then you start to trust more. And trust is also becoming one with God because. You're like, I, I, God has me, right? It's like um, trusting your parents because you know they're always going to be there for you. Well, this is like infinitely more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. It is so beautiful. And like, as you were going through that, um, you know, you said something about um, the parents and the kids and how, you know, parents will look back and say, oh, I, I wasn't there enough or I didn't do enough or some, something to that extent. And 
um, you know, just to, just to share something personal that just really, it actually just happened over this weekend and directly related to that was, um, I was sitting there watching my son at baseball practice and seeing him, you know, work hard and do his thing. And he's been spending a lot of time doing that. And I started noticing that I was going down this rabbit hole of, well, I really could have been there more for him or maybe I could have been more present because I was watching him. And then I was watching off to the side, these little kids that were maybe eight years old that were learning more of the basic skills and how to slide and like all that stuff. So I was looking at the eight year old and then I'm looking at my son that's 12. And I was like, was I really that present then? Was I really there when he, he, you know, he needed me back then. And then I started noticing that I was doing that. And then that I was starting to judge and like starting to remember all the memories and like, well, starting to judge myself back then. Mm -hmm. And I just like stopped and said, I did the best I could. And I just stopped the spiral down and said, I did the best I could. I'm so glad I was there when I could be there. And it was transformational because you reminded me of that last week. So thank you. (laughs) Because um, in that moment, it was like my whole heart just expanded. And I just felt so much love unconditionally and, and happiness and joy in that moment, just by stopping that spiral down of the wrongness and the blaming and all those things um, to be able to then feel the the feeling of connection and Absolutely. just presence yeah. with that moment rather than the disconnection of it. And again, you know, some people might look at it like we're being nice to ourselves when we do that. But what you're describing is an actual higher consciousness around it. You're like, the truth is you did do your best. The truth is, you know, the when you go through something like that and you connect with the experience that you had, if you're open, it'll lead to a higher level experience because you got the lessons from it. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to put this in their notes when they're listening to this, which is um, guilt is not required to get the lesson. Guilt is not required for growth. You know, a lot of times uh, we misinterpret because like I said, there's, there's interpretations of what we think the truth is. And, um, Sometimes we'll we'll be we'll hear the Bible or some other religion say or or some culture say it's like well if you feel bad for it enough then you're a good person you can mess up but if you feel bad then you're a good person or something like that yeah or, that... or if you don't feel bad about it then you're not you're not serious about growing and yeah. it's like well it's like a lower consciousness would think that there's something to feel bad about but a higher consciousness will be like what is there bad to I mean what is there really truly to feel bad about it you're like if I can only do what I can with the knowledge that I have as a mother, then, then that's what I can do. And then if you further ask yourself, well, how do great mothers emerge through experiences (laughs) through more importantly, not just experiences through connected experiences Mm -hmm. and an experience that has guilt all over it is not a connected experience. Yeah. It's like we're more focused on the guilt than the actual solution, the actual lesson, the actual evolution, right? So it's like, you know, you know you, go ahead. Integrating, that word yeah. you would always share with me, integrating. Yeah, integrating. And so if you ask, uh, you know, Larry Bird, the the guy that would shoot the free throws or Michael Jordan or any great basketball players, it's like, well, how did you get so good? It's like, because I missed more than anybody has ever shot. Mm. Like, ever, I, I took so many shots that I, I missed so many. And through every one that I missed, I learned something special and something new about the next shot and the next shot and the next shot. And since they didn't make missing wrong, they kept on growing exponentially. 
Mm-hmm. So that's literally the path to like super learning. If you guys <laughs> really are interested, yeah. which I believe everyone is, is yeah. if you don't make yourself wrong, then you get to just get the lesson and you get to put more energy. Cause how many, how much stress do we all feel when we feel so wrong? It's like, uh, oh, it brings us like down. Like, we don't feel, yeah, like we don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't feel like doing anything. We don't feel like getting up off the couch. We don't feel like making it right. Some people will be like, oh, I feel so guilty about what I did to my spouse that I just mope around and hopefully they can see how bad I feel. And it's like, does a spouse want to, uh, you know, well, uh, maybe a lower consciousness spouse would, but a higher consciousness spouse wants their mate back, mm-hmm. right? They want the soul back. They want them to be in their love. They don't want them to be in their guilt ridden shell of a body. So mm-hmm. they want them to be like free expressive and loving towards them. In other words, not just nice, truly seeing their worth truly present with them and if they put like this is what broke my presence this is how i you know quote unquote messed up this is what i learned i love myself and accept myself i get this lesson and now i either love my child even more to the next level that i just learned or i Mm -hmm. love my spouse to the next level that i just learned right Mm -hmm. but the wrongness is still going by like something that i think needs to be the way it is and you know should in my life right. my perception what of the world adopted or learned yeah. over the years <laughs> is 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 the thing instead of like you know who are we to say what's right or wrong it's like god can only do that right and so we are only here to have our experience and if we don't make things wrong then we can be a super learner and we can really connect with the lessons that are trying to find us right and then mm-hmm. we go into Admitting the surrender, and, and this is another thing, is the sur- like another point in, in happiness is surrendering our viewpoints. In other words, not giving up our power, but surrendering our judgments of like, this is my way, this is the way I think the world is, or this is what God's way is. Something more than my understanding. And so this enables us to stay open. Because if you guys realize, you know, when they say like, you know, well, God's up there and saying like, broadcasting all this guidance to us we say we're praying and we're asking for guidance but really the truth is is that guidance is being broadcast to us 24 hours a day right it's just whether or not we're going to let it in just whether it in. and the and what makes an open heart is somebody who's humbled enough to say what i'm doing isn't working mm-hmm. oh <laughs> right? my God, yes. and this comes in a line with you know finding coaches you know uh talking to friends praying to god we'll when do we pray when, like you know we like people need something <laughs> when we need something right or when we've had enough what pain pain yeah. when we've had enough pain the pain it's what's required to crack us open and finally when we're cracked open we've had enough pain we're like i can't take this anymore i thought my way was the right way but apparently now that i'm you know now that we got the cancer had the divorce uh super stressed out super overwhelmed our kids are having trouble we're our relationships are falling apart mm-hmm. now it's like god please get me out of this right <laughs> and, and for for a moment we're open yeah and now like all the 24 7 uh you know broadcast of love that's just showered upon us is now now that we're open and now it's coming in mm-hmm. but before as long as we think we know it all we're closed yeah you know, we even start off our, our seminars like that it's like to truly get the gifts of our seminars even if it's like have you guys been to one 
And to truly hear me say like, get to one, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to have an open heart to really connect with it and realize like, you know what, maybe this, maybe God's talking to me. If we let it in, God's always talking to us. Right. So it's no, it's no, it's no accident. If you're on this call, it's no accident. If you're hearing this, you know, Mm -hmm. you might be destined for one of our uh, healing retreats. And so at these healing retreats or any retreat or any book that you read, an open heart first starts with a humbleness of, and the humbleness is like a letting go of our stubbornness, our belief system, an outdated belief system that has not, is not working for us anymore. It worked maybe when we were kids, it worked maybe when we were teenagers, but now it's not, it it kept us safe for a little while, but now it needs to even evolve and grow the same way that we are growing. Right. Absolutely. I was just thinking like, almost like you need to update your software on your computer. You need to update your belief system and update, you know, everything that worked maybe 10, 20 years ago, isn't what works now. And I will never forget. It's so funny you say that. I'll never forget when I first hopped on a call and met, um, uh, your wife, Caroline, uh, she was like, well, why are you here today? And I was like, well, I think I need to just radically change everything that's happened over the last 40 years of my life and do a whole overhaul. (laughs) And I didn't even really know that that's like exactly what we're talking about. It was just, it was all, um, what do you call it? Synchronistic that it just all came together and all connected. Synchronistic, you know, and a lot of people that's, that's really what causes synchronicities. It's not that you're in um, it's what people describe as higher vibrations causing synchronicities it's more accurately said as because you're in higher vibration you recognize the synchronicities you can see them mm-hmm. as, as long as we're like you know you know you see people on their phones or just kind of like on autopilot the autopilot is them running their program you know mm-hmm. people have called it the model of the world you can call it your your belief system of the world you can call it many many things in other words that's what's running the in the brain right? Mm -hmm. All the things that we've been conditioned by. And so we're just, we've, we've hit the button to put that program on autopilot. It's not till we like actually let those things go and update and get in our, um, our soul, because even though we're on autopilot, the synchronicities are still happening to try to to try to break us open to a soulful pilot or, or what to an awakening. right? Right. So then when you awaken, you're like, Oh, I see now. I'm not in my my program. I'm not in the matrix, so to speak. Now I'm awake. And because I'm awake, I'm at a, you know, the more awake we are, the higher we vibrate out. And the higher we vibrate out, the more conscious we are, the more conscious we are, the higher dimensions. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we see God's work. We see it in people, the way they treat us. We see it in the way we treat them. We see it in the, you know, we hear it, we feel it. (laughs) And it's because we are actually becoming it, right? So... Mm -hmm synchronicities are happening all the time and you'll recognize them more. And because you can recognize them, you'll actually be able to follow their guidance because they're happening to guide us. And a lot of times the reason we get to the cancers and the divorces and to all those things is because we're not hearing the message. It's like all these synchronicities, every second of every day that are trying to guide us to more vitality, more peace, more joy. We're in our autopilot. Mm -hmm. We're in our, our program you know, our belief system, and we don't hear them. 
But then when we start to awaken, we're like, oh my God, God just talked to me today. And it told <laughs> me to go talk to this person. And when I did, like we had this most amazing, we now we're working together or or maybe uh, they were uh, their soulmate and we got married and we had all these kids and we're just so joyful and we just have such a big family and, and or it's like my my business took off. It's like all these things are available to us, right? And so does that sound like debundance when people say, I'm going to give up my fears? It's like, more abundance than we can possibly handle almost. It's like, instead of being overwhelmed with stress, this is the path to being overwhelmed with joy. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt that sometimes. Yeah. I felt like, <laughs> I'm so yeah. joyful and I'm just like a mess. <laughs> <I'm happy laughs> that's, yeah, so true. But I think that's that's just like one thing to, I just feel that some people still correlate it to like, if I'm going to have happiness, that means I have to get rid of pain. I have to get rid of fear and all that stuff. And it's no, it's completely changing their perspective on fear and pain and more like embracing it rather than like trying to push it away. Yeah. You know, when we talk about like, we're we're talking about letting it go Mm -hmm. and to let it go, we have to embrace it, Mm -hmm. right. Or face it. Face it. Probably, yeah. process it dance with it like it's like okay i'm i'm afraid it's like okay well then why am i afraid you know if you think of a baby it's like when we were babies there's so many there was loud noises i saw this i was walking through the store one time and i saw you know the fire alarm went out mm-hmm. and this this baby was just like in the stroller being pushed by somebody and <laughs> the fire alarm went off in the store and everybody's like oh and they just kind of went about their, they're like, that's, that's kind of annoying. They went about their shopping, but then this baby just totally freaking out. It's like so scared. I saw the look on his face and the parents were like, oh my God, he's so scared. And they, they were kind of, they weren't shocked. They're like, how could you be scared? They were like, I forgot this is new to the baby. So now the baby's having a feeling mm-hmm. of fear. And then through that experience, that fear when processed, you know, with the support of its coaches, parents, <laughs> it's like, Hey, it's it's okay. You're still safe. And then it's like, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it happens, it'll be like, maybe scared a little bit, but not as scared as it was before. And then they do the same thing. You're safe. And it's like, yeah, I am safe. I'm still not dying. Still scary, but I'm not dying. And then the next time it happens, it's like, oh, I remember this. Right. And then that's how we all got here. <laughs> that's how we're all not having a meltdown <laughs> in the store the same way. It was because we've been through the trial and the challenge of many a loud fire alarm, right? How many people remember when we were kids too, it probably scared the crap out of us, (laughs) but now it doesn't because we've been through it. Right. And so that's the same process of life is to realize that we got this strong because we went through the, the challenges, but again, it's because we had supported challenges. And not just because we've, uh, we forget that, like we forget to, that's such a great example because we forget that the age isn't what we should really be looking at because we think, oh, well, I've arrived at 30 or I've arrived at 45 or I've arrived at 60 and I should have all this stuff figured out. And that's, that's not the case because just like when you're a kid, you have to learn all this stuff. The fire alarm was new when they were little. It's like, we're just going through a different version of that as adults, adults, right? (laughs) We think we should know everything or have it all figured out, but that's, it's not the case. Like just giving yourself more grace and more compassion like you said that's right and and i can even use that to drive home the point of the being able to see more at at higher consciousnesses 
and hear God's voice and hear and and listen to and recognize all the synchronicities. You know, if you look at like how obvious it is that the baby, once it starts crying is, you know, before it started crying, it was looking around. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's some clothes over there. You know, we were at this um, outdoor Bass Pro Shop or something like that. Fishing equipment over there that, you know, doesn't know what it's called. It just sees it all. Right. Once the fear comes in, that loud thing comes in, it takes his consciousness away from everything in the store. And it's just crying. It's just like, I'm scared for my survival. Mm -hmm. Where are my parents? It doesn't see anything that's in the store anymore. Therefore, it's not present and it's not in this reality anymore. It's in the, but it's also not in the reality of love. It's also, it's in a dimension of fear. You know, we can also call this hell. Mm-hmm. So it's in a totally different place. It's not here. It's not connected to God or in, in, in the space of soul. It's in the space of fear. And so it's in a dimension of its own where it's like, I am totally effed. Um, I'm so unsafe. I'm suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we all are in. We don't see how God's trying to service. We don't see all the resources. We don't see all the opportunities. It's like all we see is like recession or, or you know, crash this or crash that or whatever it is that was going on in our personal lives, uh, yeah. illness or whatever. We don't say like, what's this trying to show me? Can I be conscious to, to what all the beauty is that's around me that's trying to support this challenge that I'm going through to make me stronger, mm-hmm. right? We just say we're in this other realm and we're stuck we're imprisoned, we're in hell or a version of it, mm-hmm. right? So to get out of that and to start to realize like these, we start to dance with the fear. We start to process the fear. We start to use it as the wind beneath our wings to ever levels of higher greatness and, and enlightenment and joy. Then we actually look forward to the fear, not in a place of like, well, I want to induce more uh, <laughs> problems in my life, but we say whatever problems come into my life, because I trust that God's only bringing the challenges in my life that are relevant to my growth. We look forward to them much like the way we look forward to the next gym workout. When we're actually in the space of like taking care of our body, we're like, I can't wait to feel the burn today. I can't wait to like feel my strength today. Right. But we don't go and and if we can lift, you know, 200 pounds, we don't go looking for the 50 pound weight. Right. It's like, well, what this isn't doing anything for me. Yeah. So now in, in world we're like, I am one with the world. It brings me challenges and brings me support. But when it brings both to me, and it always brings both to me an equal amount, I just only focus on one or the other. But when I practice focusing on both at the same time, then the world is consistently bringing me strength mm-hmm. every day, every moment of my life. And that realization is peace. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. I know I've heard... Um, some versions of this before, but um, that just really struck me much deeper than it has before of there's always both. There's always both the challenge and support. It's just whether or not we're taking the moment to see that they're both there for us um, to grow and to, um, you said it's the challenge beneath our wings or something like that. Yeah. It's the wind beneath our wings. The challenge is the wind beneath our wings. Challenges it's, the one that's rising us up to ever levels of greatness. If we can you remember know, the, that more. The yeah. trap of happiness, because um there's there's so many people that have had the the pursuit of happiness and it's just made them miserable trying to find it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like we're all this is why I, I I set the definition because you know, before 
Um, I used to get caught up in definitions myself. Now I'm like, I, I was like, happiness, you guys don't want happiness, you want joy. Because to me, happiness was getting your way, mm -hmm. right? So um, now I'm like, hey, you can call it happiness if you want, as long as happiness is defined by true enlightenment or true connection to God, true love, then yeah, we can call it whatever we want to call it, right? But I, I believe at the heart of it, all of our souls are wanting true peace where it doesn't matter what happens to us. We are a whole. We are happy. We are overjoyed. We are connected to God. We feel peace in our heart no matter what. That's that's true freedom. The, the trap of happiness or the pursuit of it is when we think like this world is supposed to exist with no challenges. Mm -hmm. That's why they're like, well, it's good, but what, what, what about when the other shoe drops? They're thinking they're trying to create a world. This is why financial freedom or relationship freedom or, or whatever it is. It's like, I want to have everything where I don't have to worry about anything. Right. They're trying to create a world without challenge. And they're expecting that. And they're saying, you know, and we've, we misinterpret the world. We misinterpret the teachings and we're like, Hey, are you really happy? In other words, like, well, that means we hear, are you really without challenge? <laughs> in other words, nothing's going wrong in your life. Nothing's challenging your life. You got all the money you want. You got the girls, you got the, the men or whatever, whatever you got the children, you got the dog. Everything is so perfect in your life. And to us, that is happiness. This perfect life defined by no challenge right. and no challenge equals no growth. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it is a necessity for us to grow because to stay in the same place is like reliving groundhog day over and over again. That's another hell. You, you guys Definitely. have seen this. So yeah. to, to, to grow is to consistently change like a cloud. It's always different. We're always different. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we allow ourselves to be challenged and to bring in the support, then we get to grow and we get to experience something new. Right. But if we look at like, well, happiness equals no challenge, only support. And this comes from being spoiled as, as children or overly supported as children. Right. And mm -hmm. it also comes from being overly challenged as children. Because in one side, overly challenged, we're like, challenge is bad. Too much pain, not enough support. And the other side, too much support. Well, pain is bad because my definition of happiness is supposed to be a world where everything goes my way. Mm -hmm. And now we are separate from God's way, which equals misery and suffering. And so some people, the more they look for happiness in the terms of getting our way, the more they're going to be miserable because it's not, it doesn't equal what they think it does. It's not actual happiness. It's just getting our way, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to learn to get out of that trap and, and to look for a world, the true world that exists, out of love for us and our growth of we want to see, yes, I'm being challenged, and that's mm -hmm. always going to be there. And our, our challenges, the more we evolve, we'll go to higher level challenges. It won't be always like sickness. It'll be like, how do I grow my relationship to the next level? How do we grow to the next level of finances? How do we grow to the next level of, of um, success in our business and, our, and everything, right? It'll keep growing because you are growing. But, right. but And then the challenges will get more and more um, less less uh intense so to, well it, i guess a good way of saying it is yeah. if, if we don't hear you know the the cues from the world from uh <laughs> somebody telling us 
and it's a destructive thing, then it's like we either can learn it from like a little sound or we can learn it from the wrecking ball that comes and like destroys and <laughs> our whole life to wake us up, right? <laughs> I've heard one of my teachers say, you can either hear the lion in the distance or you can hear it with the, oh. the breath, the lion's breath <laughs> like on your right ear, there. right? <laughs> one of them's too late. The other one, it's like, you definitely want to hear it beforehand, right? So yeah, that's that's the way we want to look at this is that the challenges will always be there, but we'll we'll listen to them more. We'll accept their guidance. We'll accept the abundance. And we won't be, uh, you know, with the blinders on and blocking it all out. And then the voice has to get louder. The experiences have to get louder. And that causes us to like, you know, be in a ditch somewhere or be in a divorce or or whatever. The you know, yeah, it's yeah. like to totally break you open because we're so stubborn and we have so many walls up that that's what it takes and if that's what it takes to liberate us at least we're liberated and then we can start sometimes it you know we 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 resist it to the last breath and then we probably just you know get reincarnated and try it again <laughs> <laughs> who knows like, who knows what happens right who now? knows Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably. Who knows? I, Out of I, love, I would think that that would make sense to me. <laughs> Try it again. You know? <laughs> um, I, I love what you said, though, just of that, you know, it's not that we have to keep doing it over and over and over again, like Groundhog Day. We really can, like, listen rather than wait for that extreme event or the lion, like you said, to be, like, right at our ears, like, where we're really in a, a major situation and it's, it's like, we don't have to get wrapped up. The challenge or the, the challenge or the problem doesn't go away. It's that we're less caught up in the drama of it all too. It's like, we don't have to like make it about a whole big week of talking and reiterating about all the stuff about how bad it is or how wrong it is or whatever. It's like, you're like, oh, okay, I have a problem. I I realize this is there. Okay. Well, what's the resources around me to now address this? Mm-hmm. And it's like way more in flow. I think that's how I would describe it, at least changing for me over the last several years is okay. it's not that it goes away. It's just that you're not so physically stressed. You're not so emotionally exhausted you're not so overwhelmed or whatever you're just seeing okay this is here I'm gonna look at how to address it I'm gonna ask for help from the people that I know can help me and go from there and of course maybe more talk to God (laughs) absolutely (laughs) definitely that right um the you know when we get the messages sooner rather than later what we're really saying is that the challenges become more challenging because our our resistance is that powerful. Mm. So the challenges that have to meet us are equal to our resistance. That's something that you guys can put in your notes. So this means if we're resistant less, then we'll be challenged. Uh, uh, a higher form of challenge will not be required for us to get the point. Mm-hmm. Right. So imagine somebody, you're, you're talking to somebody, you treat somebody a certain way. You're like, you know what my goal is? My goal is to grow and to have better relationships with somebody. And at the end of every conversation, we say um, something that that we think, you know, like maybe people from the past, you know, how they, they call people like, hey, sweetie, or or whatever. And they think that they don't realize that that's hurt, hurtful to some people. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, 
you know, what do they call like micro microaggressions of, of hurting somebody's feelings or something like that. Basically what we're saying is there's little things that unconscious things that we do, blind spots that we have. Right. And so somebody will say, Hey, I notice you want to grow your relationships, but you've been having trouble. You're like, yeah, I have. And you're like, it's because you say this at the end of your conversation. I'm like, well, that's not it. And then that's the <laughs> challenge. It's challenging them to look at themselves. Right. And it's right. right it starts off as something simple as like, Hey, here's some advice. Mm -hmm. right and then like that's not it and then they keep on going and then people keep on getting angrier and angrier and angrier and the relationships becoming smaller and smaller and smaller to zero and they're feeling the challenge of loneliness isolation mm -hmm. but you can see that's like this big challenge that they're feeling keeps growing because it's trying to become so heavy that they finally surrender and put their way of thinking like enough down like yeah. enough right you're like fine what did you say stop saying this. And then they finally stop. And then everything starts building back up again. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we say it can be easy, trust me, it can be. And when I say if your life is hard right now, it's only, or if our life is hard right now, it's only because we're not willing to listen to the grace that's constantly trying to be given to us. Right. So a lot of times when we think of challenge, we don't need to think of it as like this big force and it has to be supported by this big force. It can just be something as simple as like somebody giving you feedback and you just saying, I accept and I apply. Mm -hmm. Right. And so imagine how easily your life can flow. And then it's like, okay, here comes this feedback. There comes this, you know, challenge. It's, it's, it's challenging our belief system. It's challenging our stubbornness. It's challenging our attachments. Mm-hmm. And the more we're attached, the more the challenge is going to be to meet the requirements to break that grip free, right? If somebody's trying to take something out of your hand and it's kind of like you're holding onto it loosely, they don't require that much force. But if you're really holding onto it, then they really, you need like a bodybuilder to come in and, and do it, right? <laughs> you don't want the bodybuilder to have to come in and rip it out of your hands, right? <laughs> the diseases, the, the traumas, the big, the big things. So we want to be yeah. low. And so, yeah, if, if that's a good way for people to look at it when they think about challenge, it's like, well, they're challenging, but it's also grace. It's also loving challenge. You know, the same challenge that we give to our kids when we're in our hearts, we're mm -hmm. like, Hey, let me, let me see if you can do this on your own. And then we guide them. Right. We're not like do it on your own super challenge. You know, sometimes they are, but when they're in their heart, they're not when our, when our greatest teachers were in our heart, that's the challenge that I'm talking about. They're bringing challenge in, they're bringing love in, and it's a fun experience. It's a joyful experience, right? And that's yeah. where, where your, your life can be. When you think of your life, it's like, well, so then I'm going to, I'm supposed to like think of a life of, of equal amount of hardship and support. It's, we, we're still kind of in the illusion that challenge has to equal this harsh thing. Challenge yeah. can be the most fun, enjoyable thing yeah. ever. And when you bring into it with the, also the other side of the fun, most enjoyable thing ever, then it, it leads to um, total bliss and joy. And so you find the joy in both things and realize that the true thing that's actually, you know, what we are misconceiving as challenging being rough and tough and all this stuff really is coming from the resistance of it. Mm -hmm. Our resistance is what's causing all the suffering, not either side, the support or the challenge. And that's something that um, I believe people would really benefit from knowing is that both sides of the coin challenge and support can both be the most enjoyable things that they've ever felt and experienced.
I um I hope everybody listens to this a couple times because there was like so so much stuff in this um that you've shared with us. So I just am so grateful that you that you've been on and that you could share all that. And it just reminds me too of like starting new jobs or new careers or like a even a new instrument or a new sport. It's like all those times when it was so much fun because you were challenging yourself to learn and grow. I'm like, I was mentally, uh, visually in my, my head, like going through that as you were talking, I'm like, wow, there was like so many amazing times where it was, it was challenged to start something new yes. or to, to grow in that. But it was yes. so fun. Like it was. Yes. <laughs> That's such an important piece for people to know is that it's fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is joy itself. It's, it's, it's just as fun as the support. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, why do we get into sports? Why do we, why do we do anything that's challenging? You know, people that get in relationships, that's part of like, you know, this is the trap that we get into. Sometimes we think relationships are just supposed to be sh- sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But somebody who's really in a, in a really <laughs> <laughs> wonderful relationship is that is somebody who knows it's like, we're going to challenge each other. You know, the, the vows in sickness, uh-huh. challenging times and not challenges, no matter what you're going to go through it, you're going to grow. And so if you look at your relationship, when you resist each other, it's not fun. But when you work with each other in like, hey, well, there's kind of challenging the way I view and I'm kind of challenging the way I view, but like we work together, we cooperate well with each other. We see more playfulness. Yes. And then you can get playful with it. And it's like, we're challenging each other, but we're also growing. You know, you ever had that friend? You're like, hey, let's, let's race. (laughs) <laughs> like that's it like that's the fun it's like okay why are we racing it's like i don't know just don't to know. see what we're capable of <laughs> yeah right and then so it's like we can either race each other or we can see people in the olympics racing yeah. and that's the whole reason the olympics exist is to show us the the health and the vitality and the strength that belongs to all of us mm-hmm. just one person it's not for their glory it's for the glory of the world and to show us what we're all capable of yeah. And that's and why that's we're watching it so, so much too. That's like, why we feel it. We feel that like, you know, the joy, it's like, we feel our soul in those moments, right? When somebody really soars and it's because of the challenge that they've gone through that yeah. they thought was fun. They wouldn't be doing it if they didn't, you know, they wouldn't spend hours challenging themselves running, you know, like uh what's his name? I don't know the guy, uh, Usain Bolt. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wouldn't be running the same 10 meters is how long the hundred meter dash or whatever. Yeah. It's so it wouldn't be shorter. running that same little, you know, distance over and over again for, I don't know how many years, just so he can shave seconds off of his time. If he mm-hmm. really didn't enjoy really like, ah, oh, man, I'm just, I'm superhuman. I'm, I'm, I'm testing the limits of what we think is, is possible right through the challenging of his body, but it's a wonderful, empowering experience not something that's disempowering. If for somebody that's that's not doing that or um, that has given up, that had that dream, mm-hmm. then they're feeling the suffering of not going for it, right? Or if somebody doesn't believe that they can while they're trying to train, then again, yeah. they're, they're, they're their worst um, determined. Well, that's why we get so inspired too, watching that stuff is we're like, yeah. oh my gosh, if they spent four years trying to shave seconds off mm-hmm. uh, a run then I can certainly go do X, Y, Z, or I can certainly get in the gym myself and, you know, lose a few pounds or whatever it is. And out of love, out of inspiration, not the latter, but well, um, again, this has been 
amazing. I think so many notes, I was jotting down notes, some too, while we were talking. And uh, I would love for you to share though, Jason, like I know you guys are going to have an event here in January, 2024 coming up. So if any of this is resonating or if you're really feeling um, called to find out more, you can definitely check out the links in this podcast episode and you'll have all the information there to um, find out more about their January event. But could you just share a little bit about that coming up? Um, Just it's a few days and... Absolutely. Our, our January event is going to be in, I believe, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and it's going to be, you know, teaching the, the, the teachings that I'm like, some of the teachings that I'm talking about here to a whole nother level, right? Deeper. And, and you guys can see that there's so much more to talk about, right? If you guys got lesson off of this one hour, then imagine, you know, two or three days of like, you know, eye-opening lesson, epiphany after epiphany after epiphany, and just your heart breaking open. Because when we talk about happiness, we're really talking about the emergence of your soul, the enlightenment of your soul, the true expression of the gift that you are to this world, right? And it's so painful to to not let that out sometimes, to realize that there's something more to us, and then we can't just let it out, right? So this helps us do that for for these three days. So we're going to be doing seminar-type teachings. We're going to be doing like energy work and meditations. Um, and remember, meditation isn't like uh, a religious thing or anything. I mean, unless you just call being in your spirit religious, then sure, it's being in your spirit. Mm-hmm. But it's connecting with your heart, right? And so just getting quiet, just getting focused is is the exercises that we do. And, um, and they're all based around you becoming more you. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I really hope you're able to join us. We, we have the regular day that's, I believe, around five hundred dollars uh, for two days. And then we have a VIP day that's around uh, three thousand five hundred. And that VIP day actually gives you guys a chance to experience our our retreat seminars, our healing retreat seminars. These are the ones that we were talking about earlier that are mm-hmm. like just a whole total life change on another level. Yeah. On another <laughs> level. You know, this is, this is actually a very good uh, connection to that, especially if you do the VIP day. Yeah. Um, but this will still break your soul open. Even if you do the 500 thing, $500, yeah. but I would definitely, you know, get to any version of that one in January. And then um, if you can't do the VIP day, there's only limited spots available. So we only have like room for like 20 people. And I think it's already, um, Maybe we have five left or something oh. like that. It's already around 15. So get in there early and um, and uh, secure your spot. But um, yeah, and you can go check the links below. Yeah, I'll definitely have all the links in the podcast episode. So you can definitely, if you're listening, go click in those links, find out more information. You can always direct message me if you want to connect with Jason or Caroline as well. And if you want to find out more about the event, I I went to the event last, uh, well, this year, the one in 2023, and it was absolutely incredible. I had an incredible time and, um, you know, definitely a great, great way to start off the new year, taking that time to really like assess like what's important in my life. What am I wanting to do with my year? Um, I would highly recommend it. Yes. So thank you so much for joining on and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for being here, Jason. Yes, thank you.